gotta tell somebody. This is the best thing I've ever seen. That. Let's talk about that. Let's you talk need about this. that. Listen to this. Memorable and exciting. Well, then be less boring. I'm gonna tell everyone. Wait here. Might have remarkable, Big Daddy. Remarkable. Remarkable. Right? Welcome to Remarkable, a podcast for B2B marketers that deconstructs the most iconic moments in film, television, pop culture, and advertising for a single purpose, to give you, the B2B marketer, the same storytelling techniques that the pros use. In each episode, you will learn techniques from Hollywood, Pixar, Marvel, and beyond, from Spielberg's hands to yours, bringing remarkable content ideas to you every single week. I'm Ian Faison, CEO of Caspian Studios. This is Remarkable. This week, we're talking about B2B marketing lessons from the Stanley Quencher with our content director at Saligo. It's the newest craze, the Stanley Cup. But we're not talking about the Vegas Golden Knight Stanley Cup, but the Tumblr. Leah Westfall. Leah, how are you? I am great. I'm great. Thanks for having me. I like how I said our content director. Uh, oh. Like you're like you're the world's content director. Um, <laughs> and in some ways you are. I would love that title in my life. Yeah, I would love to be that for everybody. Right now, I'm just doing it for Saligo, but we'll see where it goes. <laughs> and we'll we'll see where this episode goes. But yeah. without a doubt, it's going to be the most hydrated episode we've ever done. Why the heck did you pick the Stanley Drinking Cup, aka the Quencher, to talk oh about? Oh my today? gosh! Well, I don't. I think we can't get away from it. So. Like, let's just talk about it, right? Because it's everywhere. And I think when we first started talking about this, I was like, okay, this thing keeps popping up. I see it like in my life. I work at a gym also. And I'm like, what are these water bottles? And then like, okay, cute colors, functional. And then the holidays hit and Black Friday hit. And it was like madness with this thing. The hot gift drawing screams and sobs of joy. Uh, she and all this hysteria over a cup. I got a Stanley! The Stanley Quencher cup, that is. And I think we can't escape this water bottle. And I think it's much bigger than a water bottle. So let's talk about it. There's, o- there's only one way forward, and that is to discuss it at length and discuss all, <laughs> all of the marketing lessons. Um, but before we get into the Stanley, the Stanley Cup, not to be confused with the Hockey Stanley Cup, tell us about your role and company at Sligo. Yeah, so Sligo is a iPass platform, which is integration platform as a service, and I'm the content director there. I've been with them. Close to six months now. So it's surprising to say that because I'm like in it, but it's so great. We have some really great newer team members and we're really moving towards like doubling down on our campaigns. So creating some really great content towards highly targeted audiences and personas. So getting into that really personalized content journey. And yeah, it's been really, really exciting and a lot of work. Um, we're looking at, you know, creating traditional content formats as well as exploring some kind of like video formats and digital and uh, podcasts and things like that. So it's been really exciting. Meredith, what the heck is the Stanley Quencher? 
<laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> so I want to start with the company itself, because Stanley has been around forever. That is Meredith O'Neill, our amazing producer extraordinaire. It started in 1913, and it was founded by this guy named William Stanley Jr., who was an inventor. And so he sort of combined the technology of vacuum sealing with steel to make this super durable, sort of everlasting functional product. And it, it's a thermos that would keep whatever is you know inside either hot or cold longer. And so for the longest time, their hammer tone green steel thermoses were what like your grandfather, your dad would take camping or to work. And so they're really kind of this super functional, super, I, I always thought of them as kind of like a man's tool. You know what I mean? Um, but so what's interesting is now this Stanley quencher has become super popular among women primarily, and it's become more of like a fashion accessory than this like purely utilitarian object. Okay. I'm at the Stanley section, but I don't see it. I literally, <gasps> there's only one left. Okay. There's one left. Was this meant for me? Is this coming home with me? I'm like, you're coming home with mama. Get in the cart. It's so beautiful. Wow. So it's a steel bottle with a lid and straw, and the bottom is tapered so it fits in a cup holder. And it comes in different sizes. The original was a 40-ounce water bottle, and you could get it in tons of different colors and even customize it with these different designs. And it retails for about $45 or above. And though it's like its newfound popularity can sort of be credited to different places, the one main one that I found was this one blog, and it's this e-commerce blog called The Buy Guide. And it's run by two sisters, Ashley Lasour and Taylor Kinnan, along with their cousin, Lindley Hutchinson. And they posted this Stanley Quencher back in 2017. And then they sold out and Stanley stopped making it. They stopped putting it on their website. And so these sisters and the cousin, they ended up actually going to Stanley and trying to convince them to start stocking it again. And their argument from Ashley Lesur said, she said, we promise you it will sell. We will introduce this cup to an army of other influencers on Instagram, and it will blow your mind what women selling to women looks like. Um, and so what women selling to women looks like is, so back in 2019, Stanley made $70 million in sales. In 2023, they made $750 million in sales. And a lot of that is due to the Stanley quencher. So now the Stanley Tumblr hashtag has been used more than 900 million times on TikTok. One woman posted a TikTok that her car caught on fire and was gutted, but her Stanley quencher looked basically untouched. This woman's car caught fire and incredibly a cup inside not only survived, but kept her drink cold. The cup was made by Stanley. And it's crazy seeing the video of that. Um, and then Stanley actually offered to replace her car along with giving her a new quencher, which is crazy. Hey, Danielle, my name is Terrence Riley. I'm the president of Stanley. And we've all seen your video. Wow. Well, we're going to send you some Stanleys. But there's one more thing. We've never done this before, and we'll probably never do it again, but we'd love to replace your vehicle. And then the other thing I thought was interesting was they've seen their other new products do really well, including their original like heritage products and the Hammer Tone Green products have become really popular again too. So it's had this like whole sort of like echo effect with their whole company. For me, it's like, have I spent 
$45 on a water bottle before. Yes, because I wanted to be able to get myself to drink water because I wasn't drinking enough. The other thing that really drew, draws me to them is they're like really pretty colors. Um, and I would say like, I've been a sucker for buying from my favorite people on Instagram before. But I'm wondering, Leah, like, uh, what really draws you to them specifically over like other water bottles? Hold on. Well, By full, yeah. full disclosure, you don't have one currently, right? I don't well, have disclosure. one. Disclosure. None yeah. of us do. Uh-huh. No, no, yeah, no, no. So like the, we are speaking from a position of like, this is like in the zeitgeist. We're studying it from marketing standpoint, but we're all very curious about very. what what <laughs> drinking from that straw really feels like. And haven't even taken a sip. That's right. <laughs> and like, what does that mean for us once we purchase, right? Like we've, we would have crossed over, I think a little bit. So yeah, I, I, I think there's a bit of a holdout happening among this group, it seems like. <laughs> I think there's, so Wait, too. so Meredith, where, where, what's your water bottle of choice? So right now I have a Nalgene because I had a really pretty water bottle that was glass that I shattered like in a million pieces. Um, so I have Nalgene, but it tends to get a little bit funky as yeah. Leah and I were talking about. So they tend to like hold on to stuff that you don't want them to hold on to. Um, but the other thing I would say is like, I am actually a, a um, tepid temperature water drinker. Mm. I actually don't like ice water. So I feel like that might hold me back from buying one. What do you think, Leah? What's oh, that is you, for a maybe while. Maybe it keeps it tepid. <laughs> maybe it keeps it tepid. <laughs> that, yeah, that would do it. <laughs> that is rare. Yeah, because I think, you know, we're all always chasing that ice cold, like as cold as it can get water. And I think that's mm-hmm. like the draw. I know, Meredith, you mentioned the, the car fire and the fact that that Stanley still had ice in it is just wild so so crazy yeah i think that's part of the draw is this like i don't know if it you know i don't know if it's like the coolers that like hold ice for 24 hours or what their claim is but it does i know it keeps water really really cold so if that's your thing that must be the draw but it it's got to be more than that because there's water bottles that probably do that better than Mm -hmm. the stanley so i think it's like there's something else or a lot more at play here definitely well, so a couple of things there. Number one, my wife also likes tepid water. And yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So I am constantly playing in the summer because it gets like 100 degrees where we live. I'm constantly playing the game of how many ice cubes do I add to her water to try to get it to like tepid when she's ready to drink. So it's not too cold because it's going to be hot. And then what? vessel am I going to put it in? Because if I put it in the plastic one, then it's going to have this. If I put it in the... We have a bunch of Contigos. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we have like sort of an army of those, which are fine. But yeah, you're trying to find that sweet spot. But if you want cold, you got to have something that's insulated. It's a must. Otherwise, you got no chance. Tough. Yeah. You know, it's a tough It's a tough situation. And I think that that like... So I think with Stanley, from my perspective is if you want, if you live in somewhere hot or if you live in somewhere cold, but mostly hot because it's a straw, you need something that's going to be cold. People are going to buy something 
anyways that's that's insulated or maybe they haven't yet splurged because it's a lot of money to buy the insulated ones because i think the yeti ones are basically the same price and i think a lot of the ones are like for good insulation they're about the same price and they're going to be bigger because you need more insulation so the water bottle is going to be bigger so you know whatever you got to buy something most people hadn't done it and people like to accessorize and people also like to like have their you know we've seen this the the iPhone sort of situation from, you know, once they started adding colors to the iPhone and then cases, and then you're like, everybody likes accessorized. So it kind of all makes sense. But it's fascinating that it takes off because of the recommendation from the influencer, that that's where it starts. That's like what's so fascinating to me is like, this was not a marketing department that fueled this at all, which is crazy. Influencer marketing can be so powerful, it can even turn a discontinued cup into a viral hit. You know the Stanley Cup, and no, I'm not talking about hockey. I mean these big giant tumblers you've probably seen in the hands of influencers all over social. Well, how they got there is actually pretty interesting. I agree. That's kind of the crazy part. And I think like, Meredith, when you mentioned like women selling to women, like there's something to that where it's almost like, you know, your best friend has told you like this inside secret and you're like, they're like, oh my God, you're not using this or like, you're not Mm -hmm. drinking from a Stanley or what are you doing? Oh my God, you're still using an algae. Like this will change your life. So it's like this life hack idea, right? So I think like, you know, we're all trying to like get through life and be healthy and like drink more water and do the right thing. And (laughs) so if somebody's like, let me tell you the way to do this. And it's like this hack that's going to change your life. I think that that's kind of like where this, where this whole thing kind of took off is this like women to women, almost like insider secret at first. Mm -hmm. And then Ian, when you're talking about like accessorizing, like we all, I live in Colorado, so it's very dry here. We all carry water bottles and like we all do. But I feel like when I moved here, I was like, oh, okay, this is like, everybody carries it into restaurants nonstop. And everywhere they go. And it's like keys, phone, wallet, Stanley. Now, Mm -hmm. you know, so Mm -hmm. you're grabbing those four things when you walk out the door, which is kind of funny. It's like a a part of you, you know, and there's like the memes on the internet that's like shows like women walking around with their ridiculously huge water bottles. And (laughs) oh yeah, (laughs) it does. Maybe it does look ridiculous. Like it's, it's like a part of what you do to leave the house. I think now is grab this giant water bottle. So it's wild how much it's become like a part of maybe our our extension of us. So, you know, as with all things that everybody loves to like pile on with like anything that's like slightly positive in the world that people find negatives, one of the things that I find really fascinating about the Stanley stuff is that I think a lot of this started with, and you see it now with ad campaigns, specifically Yeti's doing this a bunch, with sort of like the last cool you're, uh, you'll ever buy sort of a, a messaging. But this idea that like we wanted to get away just societally from single-use plastic and encourage people to reuse, to bring water bottles to do those sort of things. So like here in the Bay Area, it's very much that way, Colorado, same way. And so we want to get people to use, you know, to bring a water bottle places and to just refill their water, or, you know, plan ahead of time and you know, maybe save a few bucks because you don't have to buy some, you know, buy water somewhere or, or buy a sports drink or whatever. And it's healthy because it's water and it's, you know, whatever. And it's cold. So it actually, you know, is nice. Whereas, you know, if you buy a bottle of water, it's going to be warm in the gym by, you know, 45 minutes in. And I think that like generally 
I get that 45 bucks is a lot for a water bottle, but it's like nothing against the great people at Versace, but like it also is functional. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it is literally <laughs> yeah. keeping your water cooler. And yes, you don't need to have that, uh, you know, first word problems, et cetera. But like it is a general positive thing. So I think that people can be a little bit less you know, just like feel a little less judged by doing something like this, where it's like, hey, I'm being healthier. I'm supporting the environment. I'm, you know, I got freaking ice cold water up in this, up in this mug. And I feel confident and better. Like what's, you know, what's better than that? Like you said, it's like, hey, this life hack, you know, I don't know if it's, you know, quite a life hack, but drinking more water and being hydrated is generally a pretty good thing if you're going to the gym. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. But is it water in it? Aren't they like flavored waters and iced coffee? And Mm -hmm. then, you know, I know people have multiple. I think the idea is like you have one, you take it everywhere, but then it's now developed in like, I have one for my water, I have one for my iced coffee, I have one for my flavored water, right? So I don't know, like, (laughs) when do you, how many do you need? And like, do you you carry them all with you? I don't know, so. (laughs) Well, I don't personally mix water and other liquids in like I have a water bottle and then I have like my to-go mugs. So I kind of feel that, but I have a thousand of these freaking things and like right. half of them stink, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Right. I'm kind of with, yeah. I mean, the thing for me, when we talked originally about this, about the idea that for me, I wouldn't want to buy a Stanley because I want something with a lid. This is getting way too much into Ian's personal preferences, but I'm using me as a, <laughs> as a societal representation yeah. for a particular of group of society that wants a lid, not a straw, that can close so I can tip it over and it won't spill in the gym, right? So like, that's my big thing is I don't want to spill my drinks. Um, and I have a two and a half year old who loves to just knock my stuff over and spill all my stuff. He spilled my tea yesterday. I'm like, dude, we're out like on a hike. I'm like, I can't refill this tea. I need this caffeine, bro. But anyways, um, so I think there's, there's you know, a part of the population. And guess what? That's not who this whole thing was marketed to because it was marketed by women to other women via influencers to say, hey, this is the thing that you can go bring to the gym. And it's like, or you can go bring around. And like that, that is freaking great. It's I was great. just going to say, Ian, I think the whole lid part and like you're thinking of like, I need it to be functional and not spill. Like, I don't, that doesn't, it just doesn't, I don't think it matters. No. Right? No. Like, I don't, you're not the, they do spill. Like I, like I said, I'm in the gym and I like, they spill, I clean it up. Like, I don't, I don't think that matters as much. We talked about like, you know, the airport, like throwing it in your bag. Like you're not throwing these in your bag. You're holding it as you're going through the airport. Like you're holding it when you're getting out of your car. And so it, it is like, I don't, I don't know if it's to be seen, but that's like the functional part is like, it has to be upright and it does spill. And <laughs> I don't, that doesn't seem to matter as much as like the, the good ones that don't, you know, not the good ones, but like the ones that have that secure lid where you throw in your bag upside down and it, it doesn't spill. So it's very interesting. But I think the fact that it does fit in your car cup holder is like everything because the Nalgene's don't, Hydroflask don't. They're like rolling off the seat when you stop and like going <laughs> flying true. like under your brake. And- 
Oh yeah, that's now. the scary yeah. part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That wide bottom <clears throat> Nalgene that I've hiked with a thousand times when I was younger. And then you like go to try to put it in your car and you're like, this doesn't even fit anywhere. No, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, so yeah. let's talk marketing, how this how this relates to, to B2B marketing. So I think for me, there's obviously the influ- influencer play here, which we'll get into. But what I kind of wanted to start with was the fact that their customers were these influencers told, well, they told their audience already. So like organically, they put it out there of like, hey, this is what we like in this buy guide. So that's great. So if you have those type of people who already like your stuff and are already sharing it, like reach out to them. So that's a good, especially if they have an audience. So that's like kind of a no brainer. So many people recommended the Stanley 40 ounce tumbler to me with the handle, the straw. And I thought, okay, it's a tumbler. How good can it be? You guys, this is the most amazing tumbler. It actually does fit in your cup holder, which is great. So I love that. But beyond that, your drinks stay cold. I put ice in this yesterday. My water, almost empty, but it's still cold. But the second part that I think is fascinating is that those people were going to say whatever they were going to say. And they said sort of like, let us tell the story. Like, let us be the ones to tell people why to buy it. And this is like one of those things that is so marketing 101 of like, let your customers tell the story of why they buy it and why other people should buy it. Because it's just way more impactful in this case to say, hey, fellow women, do you like going to the gym? Do you like cold drinks? Do you like to, you know, not run out of water? And do you want it to, you know, do you want to accessorize? I have the thing for you. And then their audience who follows them for those sort of things says, yes, 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 yes. Whereas like, if the marketing department, if I was on the Stanley marketing department, and I'm like, this thing is indestructible, or this thing is like, you know, it doesn't spill. Well, how are we going to mark? So it's like, just the idea that letting your customers tell that story, sort of unedited, is so valuable and getting it out there. Yeah, yeah. I think it's that idea of like that instant trust. And like, it's so funny because Ian, again, the first thing you said there is like, if it were you, you'd be like, this is indestructible. Like that doesn't matter, right? Is it cute? Is it functional? Is it come in fun colors? Like, and is it keep things ice cold? Like that's, that's what I care about. Like if it breaks, I don't I'll just buy another kind of thing, you know? But I think that's so funny that the things that I think the marketing department maybe would have focused on at first is not the thing that's really selling it. If you guys are thinking about the Stanley Cup, I highly recommend it. Drink two of these a day and you already have 80 ounces of water in your body. And that's amazing because you should always be drinking water, um, staying hydrated. Some people put their Starbucks drinks in here, which is funny. I find it kind of funny. Are these worth it? I believe so. Even if you just have one. So I, yeah, it's that peer to peer kind of that, again, that like insider secret, like, oh, like you're, you're looking for this. Like, let me tell you what works for me. I'm like, oh, if it works for her, it's probably gonna work for me too. So I really love that kind of like peer to peer instant trust. And then I think to add to that, it's like this feeling of, 
like inclusivity, right? So like, oh, I see somebody with this kind of like, oh, they're, they look like me. So if they're using that, I should probably use that too. Or like, we're similar because we both appreciate the same things and live this like active lifestyle and want to be healthy. So if she has it, I should probably have it also. And we're in this little Stanley club now, I think, (laughs) because we find the same things. We have a similar mindset. We have the same goals. We have the same pain points kind of thing. So this feeling of like inclusivity, I feel like if that's kind of the target market, like what else, what else should I be buying? Like what else is working for everybody in this, this group or this kind of like life hack inner circle where we're all trying to like achieve similar outcomes in life. Yeah. I love the idea of like this, like life hack sort of culture, like tapping into that as a, Hey, this is something that I'm doing. And this is just, any, it could be anything from a way that you're doing meal prep or an exercise that you're doing or like a, a, a new trail that you found or an article of clothing or a water bottle that it's like we want to learn things from the people that we look up to that have actually used this thing and are using it in real life, like authentically. Like we want that so bad. We seek that. It is so, so, so important for that thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that's something you know, with creating content too. That's, that's, so you take that idea of life hacks, like what we're all trying to do in life, but then applying that to marketing, right? So when I think about what are people looking for, so Saligo integration platform, like what is the life hack here? Like what are we trying to solve for people? And it's the same idea. People want to do their jobs like better, faster, smarter, more efficiently. So like, are we able to provide a hack or a tool that allows people to go and, you know, solve their pain point or solve the thing that's like so annoying in their day-to-day business. So I think that what we apply to our daily lives can also apply to what we're doing in our work environments, right? It's like, is there a way to do this better? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, like, this is part of the thing that I think is so fascinating about this sort of stuff, which is why this is like such a phenomenon, is like the people who are buying these things in the same exact way with Yeti, as like when I bought my Yeti cooler and people like $300 for a cooler, that's crazy. I don't give an F what you think (laughs) about my cooler. Like I don't care at all because like I, it does what I want it to do. And like there's way worse things to spend, you know, $45 on, which is like a round of drink, not even a round of drinks. It's half a round of drinks give me a break. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, Mm -hmm. I just, I think it's, I think that part of the fun with it is that it's divisive and it makes you feel like more of the in crowd when there's a crowd that hates the thing that you like and it gets you more dug in (laughs) and more defensive. Yeah. Yeah. That is so true. That's so funny. Like the, I mean, that's when when we're at the beginning, when we're saying like the holdout, like why, why don't we have them? And so, I mean, I was, I, I've bought similar water bottles and just this morning I dropped one and it broke and I was like, this is stupid. 
by a Stanley, right? But like, why am I, why am I not? And like, what is the holdout? And I, I don't know. I think I was like fighting it. And like you said, like, I don't know, do I need that $45 water bottle? But at this point I've bought like three when it could have had one good one. So yeah, the divisiveness is is a funny factor in this. And I think there is, there is very much a type of person that is buying this and carrying it. <sighs> Oh my god, I love your Stanley. Is that a new color? I'm sorry, did you say that that's a <laughs> hydro flask? But I think if you set that aside and like going back to the fact that Stanley is like known for these really intense, great, durable products, like at the end of the day, it is a good water bottle. That's right? what I was like just going to say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just going to say the thing that's so funny about this is this is not some, what's Gen Z's, millennials? What are they? <laughs> Zoomers? <laughs> this is not some direct to consumer Gen Z startup founded by a 21 year old person who's making $70 water bottles for the sake of that. It's not, this is a company right. made in 1913 that has like a bear with wings as the mascot. Like, this is something that like started as like an industrial level solution to this problem like you said yeah. for like construction workers well i read that the the green ones were uh used by world war ii pilots oh that's so that's great. so cool that. yeah so i mean it's they are it's a good product but i i do there's like value in it also like it's you probably do have it forever once you have mm-hmm. it so but it's so funny i mean going from that meredith you mentioned like the hammered green i was just reading something that the latest is like Matt Orchid is coming out or Ooh, out that or something. Pretty. Like, how do we go from <laughs> World War II fighter pilots, pilots, right? Hammered green, or like your dad going to construction with filled with coffee to now right. doing Matt Orchid. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely for two different kinds of people. <laughs> right, right. But I think that that's the beauty of it, right? So like. Yeah, Stanley Soil is making those products, but like listening to their audience and the demand and like leaning into that a thousand percent. Like talk about talk about like an organization that has shifted going from like this outdoorsy, probably marketing to like older males, outdoor guy, whatever. Aladdin Stanley Thugs. Stanley, the tough, all-steel thermos bottle that's completely defendable and built to take a bounding year after year. To now this, like, it's like 9 and 10, 11, 12-year-olds are like the ones who are like now getting Stanley as I saw that. So, I mean, I think that that's like a really, I'm sure we could do like a case study on like consumer and like finding your target audience and like leaning into it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple other things that I think are just interesting notes is like the constrained nature of the supply and demand aspect. I think is 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 always interesting. Like that, there's a limited number, and like that that there were limited numbers, and they would keep selling out and things like that. Everybody always wants something that's sold out, right? So that inherently is interesting when it's like, hey, if something is sold out. In theory, you could sell the one you own for like a profit online. So like that's always interesting. That's just like not I don't know if people were doing that. People probably were. So I think that's part of it. That's that's just a little 
interesting factoid. Oh, it's definitely ha- like the what they're going for like three hundred dollars now. Oh, are they Those, really? Like, yes, yes. There's like some limited edition ones, mm, which of course nothing right. changes Duh. about the water bottle except the color. So I don't. I yeah. I mean, I think that knowing you have a limited edition pink one versus like the matte orchid one that everybody has, or you know, and then I know they're doing like partnerships with like. Lady Wilson and you know like that's really interesting as well like those are limited edition and like if that's what she's carrying I want that too right so I'm interested to see I'm actually surprised there hasn't been like more partnerships I know there was like a Target Target one and it sounds like maybe Starbucks as well but like who's next to kind of have their own Stanley and like what is the demand then that that creates Well, it looks like a scene from Black Friday shopping about a decade ago. Uh, Target shoppers fighting to get their hands on the limited edition Valentine's Day Stanley Cup. Another little factoid here, or observation. The colors are absolutely sick. Like, I know that we're sort of like in this world of endless accessorization for certain things because of like things like phone cases and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Ringtones. People still doing ringtones? <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. You guys don't have a ring back? <laughs> it's it's still hot in here when you call me. No. So the, the other thing is like these colors are really cool, and mm-hmm. and they like do one hundred percent stand out. And I think there's just a great marketing lesson here about like. Variety is the spice of life, and people like to accessorize. Elizabeth Jesser says her daughter owns 10. She made a TikTok video, and they're they're just having the best time. Everybody has their Stanleys, and they like their certain patterns and their certain colors. Like, not just, like, they accessorize their, their bodies or their appearance, but just, like, they like options. And sometimes too many options can be a bad thing. But other times, like, just from a color perspective, having more colors for things if you can do it, if you're a supply channel, you know, whatever, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is like a big deal. And my son, who's two and a half, is obsessed with the color orange. So like everything is just like, like I was talking to him and I'm like, what's your favorite toy? And he was like, orange. It's like, what's your favorite food? Like orange. I'm like, bro. Um, but <laughs> but the idea of like, we went, I, I went shoe shopping for my own shoes. And like every time you just bring me a pair of orange shoes. And like, it, you know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny and i end up getting orange shoes and he's like <laughs> you know he likes them but i think that like it's very simplistic but like having more color options and in b2b software like that's not really necessarily a thing right but there's things that you can do from a color perspective to customize and people just like that stuff whether it's like your swag or other things like coming up with cool and creative like colors i just think they've done a really good job and i think they are really cool looking and again, you know, if you're a hater, you're a hater. But like, there's not a lot of like, you know, ice cream, you know, colored water bottles out there before this. Like, there weren't. Well, so well, I, think, I think it's like flipping it, right? So like, what used to be what your options were like, what if you wanted an algae and it was like red or blue? Yeah. And now, you know, like what, what a water bottle doesn't have to be that like you, you get like, again, matte orchid or like ice cream pink. And it's, it's like flipping this, like what would come in like this really outdoorsy kind of color 
right? Red, blue, green, maybe now comes in like pale pink. And it's like, oh, that's, that was made for me, right? Like I'm only Mm -hmm. taking this to drop off line or to like Target or whatever. Like I don't need a highlighter yellow water bottle. I want one that (laughs) matches my coat or whatever. So I think it's kind of flipping it. It's like when Apple did white, like all electronics used to be in black and they're like, let's do it. And, you know, and so I have, I have headphones like Beats that are like this really pretty like mocha brown. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to say that's why I bought them, but (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty. They weren't black. And I was like, oh, I want those because it does it like it spoke to me. And like, that's, that's what I want to look like when I work out or when I go to the gym, like, so I think there is something to that, like giving people like the options or like chance to kind of like have their identity tied into your product a little bit. Apparently Stanley just dropped a whole bunch of new colors at Target. So I'm here and I'm going to go look at them. I don't need one, but I just want to see what they look like. Remember when Tesla came out with some of those crazy colors and people were like, "Yes, this is wild. Like these are like really interesting I and mean, people go crazy for colors my my mother-in-law bought her car she bought the car that she she owns she was like looking at a different type of car and she's like oh i really like that color and like bought that car because of the color like color is super important i guess that's sort of the <laughs> takeaway here is like it is important yeah. one of the things that drives my wife absolutely bonkers is how women's sports equipment is like always pink and teal She's like, this is totally. horrible. I don't want to own a single item of clothing in my entire life for the rest of my life that is pink or teal. I don't like these two colors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pink like pink washing. It's a thing. And it's more yeah. expensive. Like, why? Yeah. It's the same yes. razors and athletic equipment and anything marketed towards women. Yeah. It's wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's another thing that just is is really important. And then the third thing here that I think is is so important, which we touched on a ton, but just to repeat, is sort of this idea of the influencer and finding them and using those channels is if you can find a way to accelerate them, that's great. If you needed a sign um, to buy a Stanley Cup, t- this is your sign. Just, just take this as your sign. I waited a hot minute because I was like, it's a cup, what the heck? Why is there so much hype around a stupid cup? And then I finally ordered one because I was like, wait, it actually is pretty cute. Um, And ever since I got it in the mail, it literally, it has not left my side once. Then once they're out there and they're doing their thing, the secondary piece is getting your customers in the same room as prospects And at every single gym in Colorado, for example, when you see all the Stanleys all over the gym, the more Stanleys that you see, the more impressions you're getting on your product, the more, you know, that that person wants to go buy one. And like, that's like a big thing for B2B marketing is, you know, use your influencers, use your key customers, help accelerate their stories, let them tell it in an authentic way, and then put them in virtual rooms or physical rooms or in digital spaces with prospects so that they can then share their stories organically as well. Because it's so much easier to talk to someone. You go, hey, I think I did. Were you like on one of their store? I think I saw your customer story. Like, did you actually do that? Did it, did implementation really take you 90 days or were you just saying that? 
it's so much easier than walking up to someone to be like, do you, do you buy this product? You know what I mean? Like if you already know their customer. So anyways, that's just another thing is get your product where like get your customers in front of your prospects, both in ways where they are pushing information to them and also can create conversations. So anyway, final, my final. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's two things there. So I think Ian, what you're saying about the authenticity and like, we are all consumers by nature, right? But we can tell when we're being marketed to. And that's like such a turnoff, I think, especially to younger generations as well. But like having those, having that ability to tell that story in a really authentic way. And so like in a case study or customer success, like allowing the people to be like, we didn't know what we we're doing. Like we just went out and we, we had this major problem, like being really honest and raw. And I think that that's like what is good marketing and good storytelling is that authenticity. And then like you said, like doubling down on getting them in front of customers. So like having them be on every panel, having them be on your webinars, having those sound bites appear and letting them say it versus we saying it, right? Or versus the the organization saying it. So I, I think that that's really kind of this, it's funny because we say influencer. And I think when you think of B2B or not, it's not so much like the influencer game, like B2C, but it is. At the end of the day, we're still talking to human beings who have a pain point that they want solved. And if there's someone going to come in and tell them, hey, this is what I did and it worked for me, then I think that that's like, that's as authentic as it gets, right? So yeah, I really love that that idea of like making your making your biggest fans, your raving fans, like letting them be accessible to your prospects. Okay, Leah, let's talk Sligo. Tell us a little bit about just how you think about content, your strategy coming into the role. How I think about content. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of what we've talked about on this, on this, and that's, you know, 45 minutes we've been chatting. But I think it's marketing to the human being. A lot of like, B2B, I think, is data points. And they're like, you create these ideal customer profiles and they're this like imaginary guy in a cube. And it's like, not so far off from like me and you and like our neighbor or our colleagues, right? So the other day I made this slide on strategy and I looked up one of our um, ICPs and it was somebody who was like in their mid 40s. And I think a lot of times we market to tech leaders and IT leaders. And we think of them as almost like like dinosaurs sitting in their cubes. I'm like, you guys, it's the same people on this phone call. It's people like us. Do you want to read this white paper that's 97 pages? Or do you want to read like an infographic that's engaging and has some really great data and tells a story, right? So I think it's like really important, at least my strategy is remembering like who, who we're talking to and they're not just a data point, but they're actual people, not so different than you and I, like having a, a problem or trying to create, trying to find a better way to do something, right? So that's when I think about content, like that's always kind of that, you know, job to be done model or life hack map model. Like, is there a better way to do this? And how do we deliver that content that helps them find that strategy? Hopefully it's our product at the end of the day, right? but helps them become the expert, helps them go and influence their decision maker. We're all kind of searching for that, that life hack or that advice, right, in our day-to-day. So 
you know, that's a long-winded way of saying like market to the human being and like be a good storyteller, create content that's engaging and helpful and useful. And then, you know, find new and fun ways to do it. And then what about uh, what's coming up? What content are you working on? What are you excited about? And all that. Yeah. So like I said, at the at the start, I think we were looking at just new ways of presenting content. I think B2B has been in this gated download world for a long time. You know, you get content, you get the lead. And in order to access anything about the organization, you have to like give your no, your firstborn and be marketed to until the end of your life. But I think like opening up those, removing those gates and allowing people to interact with the brand. So that's what we're doing. We're doing a lot of exploration of how do we make the content and how do we make us as a brand a lot more accessible and allow people to come in and figure out like, what is Saligo all about and how can they help me with my, with my issues and help me integrate and automate and, you know, become a lot more digital in our processes. So I think it's just, you know, removing those barriers. A lot of times people are doing the research, 70% of the research before they even, you know, raise their hand and say, okay, I'm ready to talk to somebody. So allowing that research to be done on that independent level. And that's, that's making things easy to find and easy to access. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. Any other sort of final content thoughts or piece of advice for uh, other content directors out there? Yeah. Like I said, just remembering like the human on the other end. I think I'm challenging one other thing is we're, we're removing lingo and buzzwords from all that we're doing. If I see like, I know for a fact our CMO hates the word seamless. <laughs> He's like, kind of went off. Like, what does this mean? And what I see it all the time. We're like, what does that mean? Why do we keep throwing it into headlines and stuff? So it's like, remove. I'm challenging everyone. Like, if, I, if that's one word we're not using, we're not using like, you know, just any of those buzzwords that we see in a lot of like B2B content, like just use human language. Just say it how you would say it as a human being, not like, you know, you're writing a headline for a SaaS application. So I love it. That's my other challenge or self-challenge or tip, I would say. Yes, that's great. If you can't use the word seamless, what would you do? I love that. That's awesome. I mean, smooth is a better word. Or like, just what are you trying to say? And is it actually seamless? Because I know a lot of these processes are not seamless. They're quite intricate and can be process heavy. So I think like, what are we actually trying to say? Because I don't think seamless is really resonating with anybody. <laughs> well, well, it's a great point too, because like I have a Patagonia Nano Puff jacket, which is one of my favorite art articles of clothing. Lots of seams all over that thing. So I don't even know if seamless is good. <laughs> Vanessa was bursting at the seams would Amazing. not be great, but it's a great point. I don't even know what the hell seamless means. <laughs> Sometimes seams are good. No, I think it's just, you know, I what is that word even really? What are we trying to say? Like there's a better way to say it. I think it's just take take that extra second and say, like, what is the best way to say this? So Yeah. I go, I, you know, turnkey is all over our website because turnkey like means something to a lot of people so like you know and then then a lot of people say turnkey 
So then like we'll be in a sales pitch, we'll be like, well, we're like actually turnkey. Like our competitive <laughs> set, like they're actually not. And if you go talk to their customers, they're they're actually not. So now you're like truly turnkey. And you're like, what the hell are we even saying? <laughs> what is true? And then and then so you try to figure out like, well, what does that mean? Right. It's like right. well, like, well, how do you if you can't use that word, then what do you use? It's like one of the things I've been thinking about or that we say a lot is on Friday afternoon at 3 p.m., if something goes wrong, if one of your podcast guests is like, hey, I said something I can't say, I need you to cut that in the next hour. Do you have someone who's going to be able to do that without you like lifting a finger? Like that's what turnkey means to me or something like that. So anywho, it's just like things like that of like describe the situation rather than, you know, the thing. Right, yeah. And I think it's 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 challenging, right? Because we all get in, we get into this like mindset of like we've used these buzzwords for so long, like turnkey or seamless or you know operational efficiency. What is that? What are we trying to say? You know, so it's it's harder, I think, to be human sometimes. But I think it's going to land a lot better going forward. I love that. Well, Leah, it's been absolutely wonderful having you on the show. For our listeners, you can go to Sligo.com to check out the company and the cool content that they're doing. Any final thoughts? Anything to plug? No, I, I guess we all have to go um, get Stanley's and let's let's follow up. That's right on our on our <laughs> In, on our on our on our journey. It'll be next episode. We'll Is it be, worth it? We'll be we'll be flying even higher because we're so hydrated. Um, well, thanks no, again. This was so fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. Wonderful chatting and uh, we'll talk soon. Great. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, Meredith. Oh my gosh, there's a new Stanley Cup coming out tomorrow. Oh my gosh, we need it. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Go to the store right now and camp overnight. It's like you're reading my mind. Well, that's it for today. I hope you got some good ideas for your B2B content. Thank you for listening to Remarkable. I'm Ian Faison, CEO of Caspian Studios. Remarkable is created by the team at Caspian Studios. B2B podcast as a service. Caspian also creates fiction series for B2B companies. So if you want a business thriller, you can learn more at caspianstudios.com. Hollywood style storytelling for B2B. And in today's episode, you heard from myself, Ian Faison, and Meredith O'Neill, senior producer here at Caspian Studios. Remarkable was produced this week by Meredith O'Neill, mixed by Scott Goodrich, and our theme song is Solomon by Falak. Be remarkable and rise above the noise.